Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's a Hard No is brought to you by Clever Girl Marketing, my full-service agency specializing in smart, strategic marketing solutions for businesses and nonprofits. Okay, so you're probably wondering, Heather, what's with the podcast about boundaries? Why not marketing? Well, maybe in the future, but for now, it actually does relate. So bear with me here. Smart marketing, strategic marketing, requires knowing what to say no to and why. Businesses and nonprofits get inundated with marketing options and offers every day. We help you cut through all that noise, focus on your specific needs, and develop actionable strategies that are doable and actually make sense. Whether it's websites, SEO, email, social, or traditional channels, we're experienced in all of it. So if you need help figuring out your marketing, visit our website, clevergrowmarketing.com, and get in touch. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries so you can become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. Before we start, a quick reminder. While I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you notice the content in this podcast triggers some big feelings, visit our website, hardnopodcast.com, for mental health resources and other helpful links. In season two of That's a Hard No, we're making it a priority to dig deeper into the process of finding and utilizing the help you may need. We want to take the time to discuss with our in-house expert, Sarah Saunders, what to expect from therapy and all of its intricacies. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Heather. Now that we've discussed knowing when you may need to seek therapy and how to find a therapist, how do we know they're the right type of mental health professional? There are so many different types of care providers. Can you break those down for us? Heather, you are so right. You hit the nail on the head. There are so many people that fall under this category. There's a lot of people out there with different credentialing, different certifications, and it can get really confusing. So I want to keep this as simple as possible just to give you guys a a generalized idea um, of the umbrella of mental health. But again, this is, there are, it it can be very detailed. This is just kind Mm -hmm. of your basic rundown. Okay. And so I'm going to be focusing on five specific mental health professions. So you have psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors and therapists, social workers, marriage and family therapists. So psychiatrists specifically, they have a PhD level of education 
Psychiatrists primarily deal with the physical brain and they prescribe medication. Mm -hmm. Some psychiatrists, they do provide talk therapy in addition to the medication. However, that's not their specialty. And so it's very common that someone will work with a psychiatrist for the medication and another mental health provider for the therapy. Right. That makes sense. And one of the things that I do think is important to note, and I I use this gently and respectfully, but pills don't teach skills. Mm -hmm. And so it is important that depending on the type of medication that we are receiving, that you're working with your psychiatrist alongside a mental health provider to ensure that you're also getting Mm -hmm. the tools and the skills that you need. Right. Addressing the root causes, not just the symptoms. Absolutely. So a psychologist also is a mental health professional that has a PhD level of education. They are trained to really evaluate a person's mental health by using very concrete clinical interviews and psychological testing and evaluation So with a psychologist, they often will diagnose someone and then they will refer them to a provider that can best serve their needs. Hmm. However, there are times that they will provide treatment, but it's very specialized. And so what I mean by this is that their approach and their focus is very specific to the diagnosis itself, treating and managing those specific symptoms. So someone may be getting an evaluation for ADHD Mm -hmm. or for anxiety or even autism. And so Mm -hmm. The psychologist is going to take a very linear approach to treatment that they're specifically going to work on reducing and managing those symptoms rather than really unpacking more of root causes. So they're focused on that specific issue, not everything else in your life that may also be contributing. Exactly. Got it. So then you have counselors or therapists, which this term is usually interchangeable. They have a master's level of education, Mm -hmm. and these types of mental health professionals use talk-based treatment and have evidence-based training. So their goal is to really help overcome mental health challenges, life stressors, and other obstacles that are interfering in someone's daily life. Mm -hmm. What's important to recognize is that, as I mentioned before, counselors and therapists and certain mental health professionals, they do have different certifications and trainings and specializations. And so, for example, for me, although I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, I have extensive background and training in marriage and family therapy, as well as creative art therapy. So when I work So I work with individual couples and families using a systemic perspective while also Mm -hmm. using some of the creative art therapy techniques during our sessions together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. This is fascinating. I've always wondered this. I've always tried to like 
figure out, well, what does that mean? And what level is this person? And so this is really great. Keep going. Keep going. I'm so glad this is helpful. (laughs) So then you have social workers. So this can be a very broad field, just as counselors and therapists. Social workers also have a master's level education. Social workers also use talk-based therapy and they have evidence-based training. Many social workers provide what we kind of use the language of wraparound services. Mm -hmm. And so meaning that they do a lot of coordination of care with families. So if a social worker is working with a child or working with a family who is struggling in the school system, the social worker oftentimes is someone who is going to provide advocacy for that child and that family mm-hmm. to kind of help the family navigate what's happening in the school. Do they also help them like find other resources that a kid might need or, you know, help find sort of a, a team of people that would provide support to that family? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and so this is kind of that team approach. Granted, releases of information are something that is important if you are seeking therapy. So if a counselor is working with someone doing treatment, they may use a release of information for the psychiatrist if there's that medication management. Mm-hmm. So coordination of care mm-hmm. is important, but specifically with social workers, they're really helping to advocate Mm. for the person that they're working with. Okay, interesting. The last one is marriage and family therapists. This is one that I specifically am most passionate about because this is where my foundation of training comes from. And so a marriage and family therapist, they have extensive background in dealing with couples doing marriage counseling, as well as family therapy. They have a master's level of education, and the work that they do is very deep work. It's depth processing. It's using a systemic perspective. And their focus is on the couple or the family unit to help them overcome dysfunction, to work together as a cohesive whole, in order to thrive. And so while marriage and family therapists can work with individuals, Mm -hmm. they're always looking through a generational or systemic lens Mm -hmm. when doing this work. And I also think it's extremely important to note that if couples are looking for someone to do couples therapy or marriage therapy, I really encourage you to find someone that has the marriage and family therapy training because they'll be able to provide you with the best support that you need systemically in your relationship. Because the systems of families, the systems of couples are very intricate and very different from what might happen in an individual's personal history or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that's correct. Interesting. And I feel like someone in the helping profession, we all want to help. And so sometimes, especially in the world that we're in right now, mm-hmm. 
people are on wait lists and everybody is just wanting to be seen that some therapists may find themselves Mm -hmm. taking on clients that Mm -hmm. aren't specifically in their niche. Mm -hmm. This is one of those that I really encourage people to do their homework on to make sure that if they are looking for someone to help with their relationship, that the person has the training in the Mm -hmm. systemic work. Mm -hmm. So I want to add one little thing, and I'm sure you could talk more eloquently about it than I can, but in my family, we've had people who've had specific issues or wanted to get therapy, and they have a specific type of therapist they're looking for. And so what gets confusing then is when you're looking for someone like who might have experience with a certain thing, people can say either in their, you know, their psychology today profile, like interests in or specialize in or whatever. But unless someone has a certain kind of certificate or training, or maybe there might be a couple different ones that sound the same and you don't know what's what, it's hard to know if, if, what they're saying is true, if they really do have any expertise in something. So I think the the fallback we've had is making them explain what that is. What is that certificate? Where did you get it? What did you have to go through to get that certificate? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what does that mean? Um, because someone can say they're certified in something and not be at all what you're expecting. You're right. And it's not black and white, and that's where it's tough. And that's where I'm hoping, Mm -hmm. understanding a little bit more about this, that's why we're sharing these things to help educate Mm -hmm. those that are listening. But it's important to recognize that we don't know what we don't know. And so as you said, Heather, you know, there's these profiles out there. People can label themselves a certain way. I think it's important to also go back to Minisode 3, where we talked about how do we know if it's a good fit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you may very well find someone and it's like, box checked, box checked, this is what I want. And then it's okay to reevaluate during treatment. As you always say, it's okay to change your mind. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks, Sarah. With such a diverse group of mental health professionals, it can be difficult to know if you've got the right fit. So hearing all of this information, I'm sure will definitely help a lot of people understand what might be the right kind of person to look for when they're seeking therapy. And remember, I am human first, therapist second. This is what I feel is most important to kind of just give you that foundation. That top level understanding. Exactly. But there are so many layers and levels to this. So I hope that you found this information helpful. If you are struggling to find a good fit or have additional questions, please be sure to reach out to us through our social media handles or through our website yeah there's an email form there just shoot us an email we'd be happy to talk to you well thanks again sarah and thank you for listening it's my pleasure i hope you found all of this information helpful and i'm excited to dive into our next mini-sode which will be on understanding medication and whether it may or may not be a part of your treatment plan. Sounds good. Thanks again. Bye everyone.
Well, welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.